0: What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. It is my pleasure to have Two guests today, Paula Brown Stafford and Lisa T. Grimes. Paula is the chief development officer at Novan, a clinical stage biopharmaceutical company. And Lisa is the CEO at PureThread, an antimicrobial textile company. They once met as competitors over a multi-million-dollar contract until they realized how much further they could go if they worked together. Today, in addition to their very busy day jobs, they manage a boutique, consulting practice, Haberjan and co-wrote a new book, Remember Who You Are, which is available now. How are you, Paula and Lisa?
1: We're doing great. Yeah. Thanks, John.
0: Thank you Thanks. both. You know what is so unique about this? And I don't think I've ever had this on an episode. You know, if this were a different time, I would have had you maybe on the show individually, but not together. So this is really kind of a neat situation. So I'm going to start with you, Paula. Tell us a little bit about your background and I want you to share what it was like when you first had some interaction or met Lisa.
1: Oh, love to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is Paula, and I am a native of North Carolina. I'm a biostatistician by training from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Hmm. I then joined straight out of school a startup company. Uh, It was called Quintiles at the time. I was the 23rd employee. And 31 years later, I retired. They've recently renamed themselves IQVIA. Mm -hmm. But in my uh, last five years, I was president of clinical development. And of the 35,000 people that the company had worldwide, I managed about 22,000 of them. Wow. During those years, in the... Mid to late 90s, I was head of sales at Quintiles, and Mm -hmm. Grimes was head of sales at a company called PPD.
0: Uh, And when did Lisa's name first come on your radar?
1: Well, when we were um, going into bid on this very large contract, and it was a large pharmaceutical company up in the Northeast, and me and my team were coming in to bid on it, and she and her team were leaving And I just remember her long, flowing, beautiful brown hair. And um, she was very put together. And that's when the claws came out. (laughs) I still have the marks. (laughs) So what was your
0: first kind of thought or impression just, you know, seeing this very well put together person?
1: Well, I thought, oh, my gosh, how can I beat that? Oh, wow. But I'm going to beat that, you know. Uh, it was just your instincts as a salesperson kick in, but it was, it was intimidating, I have to say. And, um, we had a a mutual friend, uh, for years trying to get us to meet and I, I just kept saying, no, I don't want to meet this woman who (laughs) intimidates me and, um, who, uh, you know, I think we both beat each other at different times for different business, um, because we had the, the same role in our companies, and uh, you know, we were both good at our jobs. But we never, I never thought that I was going to end up with this you know, woman as a friend you know, nearly a decade later. Wow,
0: that's great. And of course, this, the benefit of having both of you on is that I get to hear both sides, and so do our listeners. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about your background and what your first impressions of Paula were.
2: I am a pharmacist by training, also grew up in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and spent the majority of my career in the drug development industry or actually working on the commercial side of pharmaceutical companies. And as Paula mentioned, met her at that particular company. I rather remember there was a revolving door in the lobby and... Here is this well put together, attractive <laughs> blonde who is a biostatistician, and I could barely spell biostatistician, wow. much less do biostatistical analysis. And um, so, but because I do have a bit of a competitive nature, was huh. determined that <laughs> she wasn't going to win that contract. And so, the man that she mentioned, we actually thank him in in our book had been after me the same way that he was after Paula saying, you two will finish each other's sentences. Would you please just meet wow. each other? And we finally agreed to, and he set us up a lunch appointment, but then he didn't show up. So the two of us Uh-oh. went to this <laughs> restaurant, and here we are, and it's like, well, Hi hi and um, about 15 minutes later we were finishing each other's sentences and wow. it hasn't
0: stopped well paula let me switch back to you so your mutual friend sets up this lunch and yeah. what is your feeling going into this lunch meeting someone that you know of that you were avoiding meeting all this time i mean what's going on in your mind
1: you know, in my mind, I was like, there's just some ulterior motive here. Why does this person want to meet me? I don't really, but you know, I was getting to that point in my career where I needed a woman to be able to talk to about business though. And so I was a bit apprehensive and nervous, but I was also hopeful Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe this person who I trusted, you know, maybe he was right. And that, You know, he saw me from afar. He didn't, we never worked together. Um, And, you know, I felt like he must have seen something that he knew I needed that. Um, At that point in my career, I needed a sounding board, a woman sounding board. And, you know, I had hopes, but I wouldn't say they were high hopes (laughs) because I just didn't know if we really would get along that well. And because I had put my career and my husband and my children first at mm-hmm. that point, I was not a good girlfriend. I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Oh, I didn't interesting. Really know how to be a girlfriend. And I thought, oh gosh, I'm just not good at this. So um, I went into it with um, quite a bit of apprehension.
0: Wow. And Lisa, let's let's get back to you. So you talked about 15 minutes in, you're finishing each other's uh, sentences. So at this point, what's going through your mind? I mean, you two obviously have a lot in common, and you're discovering that you have a really good rapport. So, I mean, what? where do you lead things off uh, at the end of that first lunch meeting?
2: Well, we actually ended it off that we were going to start getting together and that we both had the respect for each other. We certainly did not like it when the other one won the business, but we knew that each was perhaps capable in her own right. And I think like Paula, I remember being excited that I had met a very successful female executive who, you know, was managing to continue to grow in her career and also raise her children and be committed to her children. And I felt that we understood each other enough that sometimes we might not talk for a few months. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like we saw each other at the level we do now that we have a business together. Right. It was one of those understandings that if I just need to ask you something off the record that I want an opinion on, You might get a quick text that says, hey, could you please have a chat or I need to talk to you for five minutes. By chance, are you in town and we can have lunch tomorrow or can we talk tonight? Mm. And in that way, got to know each other better and could finish each other's sentences. But we could also do shorthand and get it because we had traveled in each other's shoes. And so I think like Paula, just having a sounding board was something that was very in
0: Florida. Well, Lisa, let me ask you this. So it, it, you said in the beginning, after you left that first lunch, that you two knew that you were going to continue this conversation, it wouldn't be a one off. So it sounds like in the beginning that your relationship started kind of socially, were you thinking in terms of starting a business together? Or was it just purely just, hey, someone in the industry who I can understand and maybe uh, be a sounding board for?
2: Yes, it was not with the intention that we would start a business (laughs) together. That was in 2002, and it was more, wow, I think I really do like this person. I think we could become good friends, and I think she would be a good-sounding board. And it kind of developed into more of a co-mentoring type relationship Yeah, where we could say, all right, need to ask you something might not give you 100% of the details because I can't, but I can give (laughs) you enough to get your opinion. And we did that with each other. And it really wasn't until about 11 or 12 years ago that we found we were both coaching and mentoring and we were saying the same things to people. And it was like, well, maybe we could reach more people if we Combine forces. And at that point, we weren't really sure we are even going to have a business together. But we started writing, remember who you are together. Oh,
0: that's right. great. And Paula, let me ask you. So, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about both of your stories is that you were in the same industry, you're working for competing companies. Was that tricky? Uh, you know, was it ever difficult to, you know, maintain the lines of friendship knowing that, uh, you know, Lisa was working for uh, a competitor?
1: Well, what made it easy was that by the time we met in 2002, we Lisa had moved into a, a different um, company. She had taken some time off because she had adopted a child and um, took a little bit of time off. And we weren't competing in 2002. Okay. Okay. Uh, For the same book of business. Right. For the same book of business, we weren't competing anymore. And so it just made it a lot easier from that standpoint. A little later on, she ended up with a company that was doing some consulting work. And I brought her in to do some consulting work. Oh, that's great. My company. And so we we learned to work together, um, you know, at that time. So we weren't competing for business when we decided we could become social friends
0: (laughs) yeah and and paula (laughs) let let me stay with you for a minute so talk about the transition from friendship to maybe collaborating together and then eventually starting a practice and then writing your first book
1: sure well as i said it, it was you know three or four years before we started talking about this book. And, and really, we ended up socially inviting our, our husbands to, you know, dinner with us. And they started hearing us share stories about what we dealt with in our careers and how we had managed to be successful and how we had balanced our lives and how we were beginning to, you know, give back, et cetera. And our husbands said, you guys just need to write a book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we sort of laughed But then we both started putting an outline together and started writing a chapter or two. But honestly, that was in 2006. Yeah. And we talked about it through the years. It'd be every couple of years. Okay, I've written a chapter. Okay, I've written part of a chapter. And then I, toward the middle of 2015, said that I was going to retire Mm -hmm. um, from the company I'd worked with for 31 years. And When I said that I was retiring, um, I think other than my husband, I think Lisa was the second person to know that I was retiring. And um, she, at that time, said, okay, we're going to finish this book because it's now or never. And when I retired in December, in January, we had our first meeting, and it was almost it was ten years to the day yeah. um, from when we had started the project and then we got serious about it in January of two thousand and fifteen or I, sixteen.
0: I love it. And Lisa, let me uh, talk to you a little bit about the book. So tell tell our listeners a little bit about where you came up with the title and what was the driving force behind the book?
2: the well the driving force behind the book was really, Initially, to help reach younger women starting out in their careers twenty five to 40, 45 year olds that we wished we had had a female mentor mm-hmm. that could have told us, "Gee, hey, if you just think about this or look at it this way or walk a mile or two and." In- your shoes. Here's just some advice. So we started the book with that in mind. Along the the journey of writing the book, we had several men read the book who were like, "This book is really useful for men." And we had women our own read the book, and they said, "Well, it's useful for me. I've highlighted a lot of things." So as we were going through the editorial process and the let's make this as good as we can make it. All of those things started to happen. So the book morphed a little bit in that regard simply because we do believe it is for all professionals, whether it's, you know, a younger career woman or our age career women or men who work with women. It's a lot of really the book is divided into three sections with a lot of stories that we have lived through in our combined 60 years. Of achieving success, creating balance, and finding fulfillment. And I think the thing that for us was really trying to put as many topics as we could get into a book that was also an easy read because we're dealing with busy people. So, how, you know, each of the topics that we talk about, success or balance or fulfillment, and the breakdown of those chapters could be a book and, you know, they are. Yeah. We wanted to hit some stories, some personal stories, a little bit of advice and then we ended each chapter with a letter, dear kind of a dear younger me letter, like dear younger self in her twenties. What do I wish I had known? And so oh, that's we that's great. I, I love that. Yeah. So an executive from various industries and throughout different parts of the world wrote a dear younger me letter. Yeah. And Paula, if it's okay, I'll ask Paula to tell Remember Who You Are story because it really came from one of her childhood and it does tie in, so I'm not avoiding answering it, but it ties into being who you are. But I think the the genesis of it is with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Paula.
1: Yeah. We had a number of different names for the book and as we you know, sort of uh, draft names, but as we kept writing and we kind of kept coming back to a story that early on I shared was that there were four kids in my family. I'm the third of the four. And whenever we would leave the house, um, you know, to go out with friends or on a date or anything, you know, our, our parents would say, now remember who you are. Mm. <laughs> and that is a saying that always stuck with me. It's interesting. I went to my 35th high school reunion recently and saw a a guy that I've known since I was five years old and haven't seen him in a while. And he asked about the book and I said, he said, what's the title? And I said, remember who you are? he said, oh, that's what your parents said to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it was like it was meant to be as a title and I love it. So Paula, let me ask you, this is, this leads perfectly into my next question. So working together with Lisa, I mean, you both have a consulting practice. You've written this book with this title that I think will resonate with so many people. What would you say is your big why?
1: My big why for the book really is to gain momentum, helping emerging leaders who don't, might not have mentors Mm -hmm. like we didn't have mentors, but give them some insights and advice and just helping to maybe make it a little easier. So it's, it's not woe is me that life was oh so hard but on the other hand, you know, we, we learn some things the hard way and we just think sharing those insights just might make people stronger leaders earlier. I love it. Learned from the people who got there.
0: Absolutely. And Lisa, let me ask you, so that is a great big why that both of you are sharing today. What would you say is the biggest challenge that both of you face in achieving that goal?
2: Well, I would say getting our message outside of the southeast and outside of healthcare. We've mentored and managed and coached a lot of of people in this area and in healthcare, but is trying to really get the word out. I would say is our biggest biggest challenge of sharing of, that story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what what are some steps that you're taking to get past that challenge?
2: We are spending time doing some podcasts with uh, folks like yourself. We are accepting a fair amount of speaking engagement, whether it be at colleges or other businesses. And then we are just trying to work toward a logical marketing plan for a rollout because we do believe in giving back. And we have worked with some companies that bring us in to speak and we will donate a book to, for them to give away to young people that they might be recruiting or those sorts of things. So we really do see a lot of what we're doing as giving back. So it's finding the best ways to give back in a meaningful way.
0: I love it. And Paula, I've got to ask you. So when you first met Lisa, or when you first saw Lisa, did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that you two would one day write a book together, start a coaching practice together, and be on speaking tours and interviews together?
1: Not in a million years.
0: <laughs> I love it. Isn't, isn't it amazing?
1: I know. It's not like I wasn't dreaming big, but that's just not something. <laughs> as a biostatistician, you know, I was not somebody who was good at the writing. <laughs> Ever thinking that I would write a book, uh, that was just never uh, in my future that I saw, but um, it, it really has uh, worked out thus far um, You know, pretty good, and we're, we're excited about it.
0: Well, I'm excited to have both of you to share that amazing journey. Well, Paula, Lisa, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Sure. sure. All right, let's do it. And the way this is going to work, moving forward, listeners, I'm going to tweak it just a bit, and I'm going to alternate. I'm going to start with you, Paula. One of the things that I think both of you are – doing and working on and coaching people on, which I think is so important, is bringing greater balance in your professional and personal life. So Paula, share one tip that you think is important for increasing the balance in your personal professional life for 2018.
1: So mine is to prioritize, Mm -hmm. make priorities in your life and then stick with them. And those things that you're just not so keen on, outsource them. Uh, You can do it in your personal
0: life. I love it. Lisa, share one tip for approaching someone maybe that you've known for a long time as a competitor to maybe talk about collaboration or find some common ground, whether as friends or in business.
2: I think finding an interest that we have in common towards something that is either a nonprofit or charitable effort or find something that is good and helpful for the community is a good way to bridge that gap and find that you probably do have a little more in common than you might have originally thought.
0: I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm going to ask both of you this. I'll start with you, Paula. Name one small activity or choice that you're making today. To move forward?
1: Well, my co mentor, and I learned this from her. So I admire that Lisa every morning um, starts her day with some quiet time. Hmm. And I start the day on my phone, reading emails and reading news and getting caught up in all of the things that I I need for the day. And um, as I am at this point in my career, I really want to take time to add some quiet time into my day and try to think about what I am here to do and what I am here to achieve.
0: I love it. And how about you, Lisa?
2: Making sure that I have adequate time in my day for friends or to help friends of friends accomplish something that they want to accomplish. So figuring out how to do that better.
0: I love it. Absolutely love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. All right, both of you, Paula, Lisa, ready to do a little time travel? (laughs) Why not? Awesome. Well, I love that in your book, you actually have a letter to your past self. But what we're going to do is we're going to step into a time machine and travel ahead five years from today. Paula, I'll start with you. Paula, I want you to tell me who Paula will be five years from today.
1: Paula will be the same person that she is today. She's going to remember who she is. She knows her brand. She serves others in that. And I'm hoping that five years from today, maybe there's a book number two.
0: Ah, love it.
1: Maybe, maybe I'm a grandmother.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. And how about you, Lisa? Who is Lisa in five years?
2: Well, I think like Paula, I hope Lisa is still Lisa, maybe a better improved version of Lisa, but still someone who loves to connect people. I, Hope that book number two might be history in five years, mm-hmm. and we'll be working on book number three. And I hope that we will have been able to impact a lot of professionals to really sit back and realize the benefit of being authentic to
0: themselves. You do realize what you two just did. You just co-mentored each other. So, Paula, you're talking about that second book. Lisa, you just topped it with the third. I love the way you two (laughs) complement each other. It just comes through so beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. Well, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about the phenomenal work that both of you are doing? Paula, how about you take this one?
1: Sure. Um, please connect with us uh, via our website, H a b e r g e o n dot com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook as Habergeon LLC. Um, and also we have a welcome page that's com backslash um, move forward.
0: I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. And actually, I want to ask, how did you come up with the name?
1: So Haberjan is a very old term that is for the priest's armor um, that was worn around their necks and Ah. part of it was around, we're here to help you get your armor on.
0: Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Well, Paula and Lisa, I would love to have you close out the show. So I'm going to start with you, Lisa. Share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners.
2: Make sure... That as you remember who you are, you're passionate about it. You keep your priorities in order. You're willing to be vulnerable to the people with whom you interact and stop feeling guilty about things that you don't need to feel
1: guilty about.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. How about you, Paula?
1: Be authentic to who you are and just be you.
0: Wonderful, beautiful way to close out the show. Paula, Lisa, Lisa. I want to thank you both so much for taking time out of your schedules to join us today to talk about your extraordinary story and to share some incredible knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you both so much.
2: Thank you, John. Thanks, John. We've
0: enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, Likewise. And Moving Forward listeners, check it out one more time. BeMovingForward.com. Their new book, Remember Who You Are, is available now. I recommend you check it out. Follow us on social media at be moving Forward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.